Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, do we really need an introduction for this? Quinnen Williams joins the show, the Jets' all-pro defensive lineman. He's so much fun. We had a great time with him. He's funny. He's got a great personality. So great to have him on the show. So Quinnen Williams joins us next. Guys, I need to tell you that our interview with Quinn and Williams is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds from week one all the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's again, promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Lawrence with his first pass of the night, but won't get it off. The ball is now out. They call it a fumble. It's the Jets ball. And that's Quinnen Williams. Fumble and the turnover. Yo, it's Quinnen Williams here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. That's Bilal Powell. We have an incredible show today because as you see in the headline and as you've heard in the open, Quinn and Williams, the all-pro defensive lineman for the New York Jets, is joining us today. We have had an incredible conversation with him. But before we get into that, I just have to hit on this because... The Jets win a game, and we didn't talk about it last episode because the reports were optimistic at the time, but can the Jets win a game without someone rupturing their Achilles, please? So far, they have two wins this year, and they have two Achilles ruptures, and isn't that typical Jets that even in the wins, it's devastating. Even when we win the games, we feel like, my God, I can't believe this happened to us, and it's happening again with Elijah Vera Tucker. It feels like they finally had the offensive line figured out. They finally figured this out where they're going to put... Mackay Becton on the left side. They put AVT on the right side. They figure it out with Joe Tipman, who's been fantastic. He's been one of the best offensive. If you're watching Brian Baldinger's breakdowns, he's been one of the best offensive linemen in the league, according to Brian Baldinger and BFF and all these things. And the Jets lose another offensive lineman. So, so far, two wins, two Achilles tears. And now a man who doesn't know who Joe Buck is, Bilal Powell. What do you think about that? Man, listen, there. this is 100% injury rate. And you hate to see... Elijah go down with this injury, especially like you said, man, we finally seem to figure it out with the offensive line and, and going in the right direction. But I will say this, there's always a year of something, Rami, always. I remember when there was a year of hamstrings that we couldn't just get rid of. I remember shoulders, ACLs. There's always a year of something. And you just hate to see this for the New York Jets, who I think in the past few weeks have been moving in the right direction taking his blow again, another win, but another, another negative, <laughs> same old Jets, right? But I mean, I think, I think they could figure it out. I think they could figure it out. I think they continue to climb. I think they found their rhythm and let's just hope that these guys that can come in and fill some big shoes coming in and filling his shoes right now, Elijah, it's going to be tough, but I think you can do it. 
You talk about the guys, there's a few options. Obviously, they went out, they worked out Lael Collins. I don't think that's going to happen because if Lael Collins, you let him walk to the Giants the next day and take a physical there, then it probably means you didn't like what you saw. And Lael Collins wasn't very good last year. They do sign Dennis Kelly to the practice squad, but the internal options, Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, there's going to be some options there. Where do you see them going the rest of the year? Um, Obviously, who, whoever looks the best. I'm sure those guys are going to get equal amount of reps in practice. And just from an evaluation standpoint, I think that they'll go with who's the best, who fits the best scheme moving forward. Now Nathaniel Hackett has to go back to the drawing board with, with scheme. Like what fits that offense alignment? Like now you have to tweak your offense based on not your quarterback, but now missing an offense alignment. So now do you go completely run heavy? Do you keep this guy out of pass situations? Do you keep him out of the drop back situations? Is he better in the play action? There's so many things that you have to evaluate. So I think they'll do a good job this week of getting those guys the amount of reps, uh, Billy Turner, Max Mitchell, and just see who fits it the best, honestly, and, and, and made a best man win and come and help the New York Jets win for the rest of the year. Something we've been talking about all year is that they've been going with the best players, the players who help them win. They're not currying favor to guys like a guy we'll talk about in a second, Nicole Hardman or Carl Lawson, who they brought in in free agency. They're going with the people who give them the best opportunity to win. Dwayne Brown didn't look great, but maybe he was hurt and he rushed back. And that's why he didn't look great. He goes on IR. He'll be eligible to come off and come back after the bye week. I wouldn't touch Makai Becton. I'd keep him on the left side. He's been so good. His spirits have been great. One of the things we saw is Makai Becton running off the field with his arm around Nate Hackett after that game. It looks like he's in a great headspace, um, even with Rodgers not with them anymore. And you'll hear Quinnen talk in a minute about how Rodgers is still with them, even though he's not with them. Um, and I think that. Do you bring a guy like Dwayne Brown who struggled, but he's a veteran presence? Do you try and put him on the right side? We know he's been, I don't know if I want to say unwilling, but kind of been 20 years or whatever in the league. He's been on the left side. It's kind of hard to move him to the right side at this point, but I wouldn't move Makai off the right side. What do you do with Dwayne Brown if he's ready to come back? Again, evaluation. How is he looking at practice? It's, it's one of those things where you have to go to a practice squad player you put your best practice squad player on that side and say, we need you to give him an all-pro look. We need to see how this guy moves. And like you said, I wouldn't touch Makai Beckman. I, I keep him at the left tackle. I would give the one. I would give him another opportunity and, and see where he's sitting as a veteran, a guy who knows how – a guy who's been in this position, right? a guy who understands being on the back end of his career. This is where you fit. Let's see how it fits. Honestly, this this is how the, there has to be a whole bunch of evaluation going on, and I'm sure the New York Jets and in the in the front office, man, they'll figure it out. It's never easy with this team, but it's never easy with any team. That's that's the NFL. It's tough. You got to overcome, and resiliency was one of the big things we talked about with Quinn. And so I want to get into that real quick because. We did have a fantastic conversation with Quinnen. And if you're here listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. This is In-Flight Snack. We do this every Monday and Thursday. This is our first season doing it. Bilal Powell and I, Bilal's a fan favorite. So I know people are excited about that. But if you're listening to this because you want to hear Quinnen Williams, welcome. I appreciate you listening. But maybe just subscribe, tune in a couple times, see if you like it. You never know. Maybe you will like the podcast. And you probably weren't expecting to hear us breaking down the offensive line for the first five minutes of the show, but here we are. So we got to do our show the way we do it. And if you're here for Quinn and I appreciate you, just two quick stories about the interview before we get into the interview. And I'll just tell them, first of all, I need to thank Bilal because I know that Bilal had a certain amount of respect with the fans and Bilal's a fan favorite, but you also, something that was so interesting was the second Quinn gets on the call, I ask him, like I ask any guest, how much time is a little behind the scenes? How much time do you have for us today? I don't want to take too much time. And he said, for Bilal, however much time you need. You see that Bilal, you had that kind of respect in the locker room. So I appreciate you. I mean, if it was anyone else, I don't know if he says that. And so I really appreciate that. The second thing was, and I didn't tell you this yet, so I kind of want to hear your reaction about this. The second we finished the interview, we ended up staying on the Zoom call for a few minutes and just kind of talking about it. So I totally forgot that we had just done the interview. So I just X'd out the Zoom call when I was done. The problem is if you exit out, you can't download the file. And I was losing my mind. I thought I deleted the whole interview. I thought I deleted the entire file for like five minutes. I didn't. Uh, if you've been seeing the social clips, you know that I didn't delete the file. I was able to recover it through like the back end of it. But I was sure that I just X'd out of the, the Zoom without without saving it. And... Uh, that would have been tragic for me. I, I don't know what I would have done. I guess we would have had to have like Quinn on again next week or something. I don't even know what we would have done. I would have just like cried. But 
Um, that was scary. I didn't say anything to you because I didn't want to freak you out. So uh, I, I recovered <laughs> it. I fixed it. But uh, again, appreciate it, man. I uh, appreciate you, man, for, you know, um, being a, a good co-host, man. It's, you bring a different energy and we kind of balance each other out, man. Keep bringing in the guests. You know, it's always going to be a surprise each week. I think uh, not only we're just going to bring anyone in, we're going to bring people in that love the New York Jets, part of the New York Jets and uh, different careers, different industries. Yeah, it, it, and it's been fun so far. We won't be having Joe Buck on the show, like I mentioned earlier, because Bilal doesn't know who Joe Buck is. So, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I know your face, Joe. I didn't know. I, didn't, I couldn't put a. I couldn't put a face with a name and a name with a face until I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Now I know Joe Buck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the Jets, though, on the current roster, we talked about playing the best players. Nicole Harmon hasn't been getting playing time, and now there are rumors about him potentially being in trade packages. We saw Irv Charles was brought up to the active roster, so there's other guys that they're kind of playing above him. And we talk about Xavier Gibson a lot. seems like he's still getting the practice reps above McCole Hardman, despite uh, his struggles against Denver in the, in the kicker or kick and punt return game. McCole Hardman said, I just want to play. I don't care if it's here or anywhere else. I just want to play. I'm not going to be a distraction, but you understand this is a guy you paid $4 million to. You brought him in free agency. And what we kind of suspected is that this is what happened. The guy like Xavier Gibson, who you didn't expect, came in and took over basically the same role. The pre-snap movement, the running in motion, the punt returning, all that stuff that you would have had Hardman do. Now you're having Xavier Gibson do. How do you think this works itself out with McCall Hardman? Um, I think this is the this is the lane that Joe, Joe Douglas does a great job with. It's fine being able to find a trade that's going to help with some draft picks down in the future. And, you know, we saw the Jamal Adams trade and what it did for the New York Jets. The reason we landed Brees Hall, who is a stud right now. I think this is the lane that uh, Joe Douglas, he just he, he's know how to strive with this situation. I think he knows what works best uh, with this situation. Um, it, but from a player standpoint, from a teammate standpoint, I will talk about this. McCall Horman, his attitude. You don't hear him saying anything in the media. And you say, hey, I just want to play whether it's here or, or, or somewhere else. And as an organization, um, maybe you don't have a spot for him here. But that's going to help him in the future when, when you're talking about character. Because the first thing that 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 other team who's interested in the trade will ask is, how is, it, how is his character? And there's always back talk. Right? There's always talks behind, behind the scenes. So I think he's just helped his future – no, not only here in New York, but going to play elsewhere. Like everybody's a competitor in this league. If a guy who came from a Super Bowl winning team to come to a team who hasn't had any success even reaching the playoffs, and to sit and knowing how much value he had in the winning and winning the Super Bowl at his other team, he's probably like confused. Like I'm confused, honestly. As a fan looking outside in, I'm I'm confused as to why you go pay a guy. $4 million and don't use him. A guy who I think can add value to the offense, especially a struggling offense early on this year. I'm confused, but there's something that doesn't fit with McCall Hartman, McCall, McCall Hartman in the New York Jets. So keep the, keep the positive attitude, McCall. Um, I would like to see him on the field just based on that attitude and that attitude alone. Yeah, and it can help out, especially you talk about offsetting, and we'll talk about this a little later in the episode, offsetting the Eagles pass rush. Using a guy as speedster in the backfield and getting him the ball in space like him, like McCole Hartman and Xavier Gibson and Garrett Wilson. There's there can't be too many of those guys that you can use in space um, and get them the ball quickly. I think it could be a big part of the offense if they choose to go that direction. Real quick before we throw it to the interview, because I know people have been waiting and I'm waiting. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. It's fun. Uh, it was a fun conversation we had with with uh, Quinn and Williams. We said we were going to do this. 18 weeks of the season, four or five games in now is about a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, I guess, yeah, there's 18 weeks, 17 games. So about a quarter of the way through the season, you earlier, very early on on the podcast, said NFL teams look at the season by quarters. There's, there's the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, right? So it's the first quarter. It's over. What kind of grade would you give the Jets in the first quarter so far this season? I have to go with a, a C-. minus. And the only reason they're even a C minus is because of the defense. Is I mean, the defense is playing; they're playing great right now. And it, it, had we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, we probably would have been at a D minus or an F. Yeah, based on the, the performance that we saw from the offense, 
But, man, week in, week out, this defense has been giving our team a chance to win versus very good football teams. You're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs coming in, jumping up 17 points, and only and only ending up with the game with 23 points. So, I mean, they, they held their own. This team is being held by the defense at a C-minus. What about yourself, man? Yeah, I mean, one of the leaders of the defense will be joining us in a second, and they've had two guys on the defensive line who are top in the league, Quinnen being one of them and JFM being, or uh, sorry, um, Bryce Huff being the other, and quarterback pressures, two guys who are court- pressuring the quarterback that much. That's where it starts on the defensive line. Like, I went a little bit more positive than you. I said a C, not much more positive. The thing about football is it's so week to week. Like, if we were coming off a loss to Denver, this would be an F. If If they... You know, if if this was two weeks ago, like you said, we did this after when I don't know, after the first quarter of the Kansas City game, we would have probably said an F. But right now it's a C because I think the way the resiliency they showed, the way they pulled it together. What's really sad is if they go on a run in the second half, we're going to really, really live to regret that New England loss. That's a game you had to have. If they win that New England game, we're probably looking at a B plus. The only reason I'm saying C is a little bit more positive is because what are the expectations when Zach Wilson comes in? They fought through. The expectation are probably zero once Zach Wilson comes in. This was a team that was built around Aaron Rodgers. And the second he goes out, which is four plays into the game, the fact that they've won two games, the fact that it feels like it hasn't bursted at the seams, it stayed together, is incredible. And that's something we talked about with Quinton Williams. So before we do anything else, I want to kick it over to Quinton Williams, to our interview with him. We had a great conversation with him. I enjoyed it very much. So before anything else, let's do that. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with Quinton Williams. Joining us now on in-flight snack. He needs no introduction. He is an all pro defensive lineman from the New York jets. Quinn and Williams. Quinn, and thanks for doing this. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. It's an amazing time. So but the first question we got to start here, because congrats on the win. It was an awesome win in Denver. It felt like the team really needed it. I want to start with this because we saw a lot of stuff coming out. A lot of guys talking about Nate Hackett. How does that manifest itself on the field? When you guys are actually going into a game once you're between the lines or do you feel like you're fighting for Nate in the same way? Because that's what everyone talked about after the game, but it felt personal. How does that manifest itself on the field? Uh, you see, you see the stuff in the media and you see the stuff uh, that I guess uh, the Denver coach said about it, like early in the year and different things like that. And you definitely circle that game on the calendar with that emphasis on uh, how he feels about Hackett and how he feels about, your family, and if if he feel that way about your family, I mean, he feel that way about the whole entire organization, the whole entire team, and um, it wasn't an emphasis, I can say. Uh, it was an emphasis to get the, the W for sure because we want to go to the playoffs and we want we got aspirations on on doing the different things that we can do as a team. So getting a W for sure, but you do have that that uh, that I guess extra seasoning uh, to to make it even better after getting the W. So. At the end of the game, you guys really brought the turned up the pressure. We'll get to your brother a little bit later, but he comes on a couple of blitzes. I know last year there was some conversation back and forth, sending three and four versus bringing extra defenders. What do yeah. you prefer as a, as a down tackle? You're usually double, sometimes even triple team. Do you prefer an yeah. extra guy coming or would you rather say, hey, we, we can get pressure with four? Um, Sometimes you need that extra guy, man. Like you see my brother um, shoot through the backfield full throttle, full speed, and get uh, untouched sacks, man. And uh, having that having that extra attention, I guess, um, with the double teams up front, we got an amazing defensive line group. Having that extra attention can get these free guys free sacks easy and put extra pressure on the quarterback easy. So, um, and and later on down the line, that that takes the pressure off us because now that the offensive line have to account of account for CJ and Quincy blitzing, um, they have to focus on those guys more and to give us more one-on-ones also. So uh, the main objective is get the quarterback down. Uh, the main objective is uh, get the offense the ball, get back on, get off the field as quick as we can so we can get the offense more opportunities. So whatever we got to do to beat the number one defense, to uh, to win football games and to get the offense the ball as many times they need is the main goal. So, right, go Thank ahead, you. We, we, we talk about Watching your brother fly around, we talk about mm-hmm. you in the game plan of sending extra blisters to keep the double team, the triple team off of you. And I think a lot of people only see you show up on game days, man. But I don't think people understand, fans, they don't understand the preparation throughout the the week. Mm-hmm. So what is, a, what is a typical week for Quentin Williams getting ready for an opponent? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of film watching, a lot of studying. Uh, 
a lot of teams that we already played, um, I've played in my career, so I go back to the, those uh, archives, man, and look at what I've drawn my rookie year, my second year, my third year on the players that I'm going against. Like, for example, I went against Ben Powers, uh, left guard for Denver Broncos. I played against him last year at left guard at Baltimore Ravens, so I had the same notes, the same thing, and see if they uh, – uh, see if they in line on what he's doing new this year. What he got better at this offseason that I can see on film. Um, so on a Monday, I probably get my body right for sure, man. Re- re- uh, recover my mind, recover my body, uh, recover my spirit, man. Just pray and uh, get my mind back uh, in it because um, football is a hard game. Football is a stressful game. Um, so get my get my I guess my balance aligned because you get a W at a high. You get a loss, you at a low. So get back aligned in general, man, on the Mondays. Tuesdays, recover again. Um, Dive in a little fam a little bit. Wednesdays, going full throttle with fam and uh, working on my craft, trying to uh, sharpen my axe and use the different moves I'm going to use on game day. Um, Thursday, same thing, man, just trying to get a little faster, get a little better on what I'm going to do on game day. I'll watch a little more film on different opponents that I'm playing against. I think Friday is the biggest day where – I call it my family day, my uh, my ba- my super balanced day. While um, at, at work, I I study film and watch film and get my body right. But when I come home, I just um, tend to my family, man. Like, cause that's that's my why, and I, I always go back to my why um, for the reason I play this game. And you can never let um, I guess the main goal, the main focus, uh, intercept your why. So my why is like my my Friday is like all my attention to my why, and that's my wife. And my daughter, and we go dinner or go to David Boss's all the time. Uh, do something different fun with them, man. Saturday, I'm locked in, man. Like, I'm locked in. I'm re- reading over my notes, reading over my plays. Uh, my body feeling great. Just just sleeping on and just uh, manifesting what I'm going to do on Sunday. And then Sunday is show day, so. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate you taking some of the time out of that incredibly busy schedule for us. Huh. You tweeted oh, after... Sure. Yeah, you tweeted after the game, Quincy Williams, first team All-Pro linebacker. So we got to get mm-hmm. into that already. Yeah. I think the consensus the last couple of years is the best defensive player on the Jets is Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Not only are you maybe not the best defensive player on the team anymore, you might not be the best defensive player in your own family anymore. What, <laughs> what's it been like to see Quincy's growth turning into really like a Fred Warner type linebacker mm-hmm. when it comes to that? He's been incredible this year. Oh, it's been a fun tactic to see, man. Just to have a guy like that on your team. Like I'm pretty sure like... Bosa and uh, Eric Armstead love Fred Warner and super excited to have Fred Warner on the team. But, man, I'm super excited to have Quincy on my team, man. He's a phenomenal guy, a guy who's been at his highs and at his lows in his career. And to see him, um, I guess, balance out his mindset and focus on the main thing and get better this offseason and um, do the necessary things that he can do to be this player. And, and if you look at it, man, he, he can tip his head off to C.J. Mosley, which has a phenomenal leadership a phenomenal football player, a player who who who's been doing the same thing for the last five years, man. Who's been an All Pro linebacker, who's been a Pro Bowl linebacker for the last five years, and to, to have that leadership, and you can see Quincy taking a toll to what CJ's doing and what he's uh, learning in his own way, and just you can see him flourishing like a like a butterfly now. And um, we always stay consistent, we always stay uh, humble, we always stay like I said, a balance, not too high, not too low. And that's the biggest thing that you can see out of Quincy is like he's staying consistent and week in, week out. No matter if he have a bad game, no matter if he has a good game, um, he just uh, sl- uh, clean the slate and back to the next to the next day. So, yeah. And again, he could also credit you. How much of that process when they're bringing him in, are they coming to you as Joe Douglas coming and say, hey, Quinn, tell us about your brother because he's out there. And are mm-hmm. you going to, to J.D. and Sala and being like, hey, let's let's get this guy in here? Uh, no, not at all, man. Like I remember. Uh, the first day he had came, it was like they had called me, uh, and it was like, hey, we was me and Kosala was talking, me and Joe was talking, uh, and he was like, I was in the building, they was they was like, hey, you want to hear something funny? And I'm like, what's up? Like, you know what I'm saying? They was like, we bring your brother in, and I'm like, okay, cool, like that's pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, you're not excited? And I'm like, honestly, I want to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know this sounds cliche, but like, bro, I lost last year. Like, I want to win this year. Like. I want to. I want to win a lot of games. I want to win the Super Bowl. I want to be the number one defense. I want to be a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. I got a lot of expectations in the ceiling. So, uh, whoever you guys bring in here, man, make sure they're ready to win. And um, they told me my brother was coming in, and I had talked with him. I'm like, bro, like, 
we fucking lost last year, bro. Like, so if you're ready to come in and win, bro, like, you got to be all in, like, all gas, no brakes when it comes down to being on this defense. Like, it's no brotherly love. Like, I'm, I'm we're going to hold each other to the same accountability that I'm going to hold CJ to, and the CJ hold me to, to Sauce hold me to, so I hold Sauce to, to. It's like we all brothers in that defensive room. So, um, it's no like, Special privileges, I guess, or like no, no leeway. Ah, oh, Quincy, you missed that tackle. You're gonna get nah. Fuck that. It's like, bro, you need to make that tackle because that tackle gonna help us win this football game. You see what I'm saying? So it was funny because they was like, I thought you would be more excited, Q. And I'm like, bro, I want to win. We win football games, gonna make me excited. So yeah. yeah well, hey, speaking of that though, Q man, and you're talking about. Uh, the excitement of bringing your brother in, and the first thing you say, man, I want to win. I want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I was the same way. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to stay around New York. I wanted to watch the Lombardi Trophy come back to New York. There yep. was a couple of times when free agency hit, I had opportunities to go play with two teams that in that same year, they ended up playing in the Super Bowl. And the third mm-hmm. team was a, a playoff team. And here I was, again, not playing in the, in, in, in the playoffs. So I understand when you say, hey, I don't care who you bring in. Just make yeah. sure when you bring them in, we're ready to win. So with that being said, man, when you signed that extension, when you signed that mega contract, you know, it's hard to get a contract in the same in the same organization, especially when you're not winning. Yes, sir. How did that make you feel as a player, as a person that this team looked at you to say, hey, we want to we want to bank on you doing it. And if there's a chance you play through the second contract, you had an opportunity to get a third one. Mm-hmm. What would it mean to you to retire a jet? Uh, I'm going to answer that first question first, and I'm going to answer the second question. That first question, uh, man, when I got that contract, I put a lot of like I got it the day before training camp, too. So I got it the day before training camp, and my mindset went straight to the expectations I have for myself and the expectations the organization have for me. Uh, when they got that, when I got that contract, it was basically saying, like, Q, you're going to help us get to the, to the, to the, to the destination that we all want to go. You're going to help us get to the playoffs. You're going to help us. You're going to be a big piece to help us to get to the Super Bowl. And I took that with the honor, badge of honor. Like, I went to work, bro. Like, I, I I was the most – I think this is the year I worked the hardest I ever worked in my life because I had that I had that badge of honor that, okay, these guys gave me this, this, this token, this blessing to say, Q, you're going to be that guy to help us get to that where we want to go. And um, I, I went to work, man. Like, I, I held everybody accountable. I wanted everybody to hold me accountable. Um, I, I trained hard this training camp. Um, in this season, man, I'm working hard and just doing all I can do so we can get Ws. Um, that second question, what it means to, like, retire a jet, bro, it's amazing, bro, because I'm just, like, I've been to the ups and downs, man. I've been through the – the 0-13 season. I've been through going right now. We got uh, Aaron Rodgers on the team, man. We got a guy who can – we got – like had a guy like Frank Gore on the team who can help us win and learn from. And to see this organization going and where we're going is in the right direction, I know we're going to somewhere great because when we started off, it wasn't that great. So to see we keep building, to see we keep bringing in guys who got – um, experience level and winning football games, experience level on being a great leaders, bringing great people outside of football. I know this organization going in somewhere direct, somewhere that's, that we're destined to go, and I want to be a part of that for sure. And I want to be the big reason why we get there. And that's my main thing. So, you, you mentioned two things there. One, you mentioned the timing of the contract you signed right before. Uh, the uh, right before training camp started. And mm-hmm. the other thing you mentioned is you keep talking about it is winning. So about winning first, defensive tackle sometimes is a position that doesn't get the glory stats. You're like I mentioned earlier, you're double teamed. Your job is to help everyone else around you. I think Aaron mm-hmm. Donald has really helped the defensive tackle get more recognized, right? Despite yep. it not maybe the, the sexy stats not being there. Yeah. But it sounds like you don't care about any of that. You only care about winning. And the second thing on that same note is how important was it for you to not, I don't care if I get the top dollar or that maybe that's my agent's job. I want to mm-hmm. have this out of the way before training camp starts so that once we're in the building, we can be mm-hmm. focused. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to be not a distraction. Um, I definitely wanted, when it come down to the contract negotiator, I definitely wanted to get it done before training camp because I didn't want to be a distraction, man. I, I hate being a dis- negative distraction. Let me say that. Um, I feel like if I would have got it done, like I, I honestly wanted what I deserve, what I 
produce. You know what I'm saying? I'm not this guy who who want to get this aspiration contract and I don't deserve it. I, I'm a fighter. I work my tail off for what I deserve. I don't want more than I deserve, and I don't want less than I deserve. So uh, we end up doing a great job on getting the exact number of what I deserve, man. When it comes down to the market price, and like you say, Aaron Donald set this amazing standard for the defensive tackle group, and it really changed the game when it comes down to defensive tackle and how they look at it. like. Um, I, I remember I was laughing with uh, was it Mar- it was either Marley Lyons um about the defensive tackle group back when he was he was like everybody was run stoppers, and when he got moved when he got moved from DN to D tackle, um he was a pass rusher and he just rushed the passer and he felt like it went unnoticed back then and now Aaron Donald is doing the same thing he's like now Aaron Donald get this super glory and he was he was just joking with me like I've been doing that <laughs> so, um, but yeah man like. It's, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to, like, not be a distraction going into training camp, to be able to get there with my teammates and and um, work to this uh, – everybody work to this goal, like it's going to the playoff, winning the Super Bowl, and becoming the number one defense. So. And you, you talk about playoffs and you talk about Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We all know when Aaron Rodgers came in how high this city was. Yeah, everybody was. It was nothing less than a Super Bowl. That's that's all you heard. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and he gets hurt on the fourth play as a New York Jet. How has the expectation held up for you guys as a team and saying we can still do this despite of hearing everything right outside saying, "Oh, Zach Wilson in the same old Jets." How have you guys as a team as an organization? Help the same standards of saying, hey, we can still be a Super Bowl contending team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for sure everybody felt the same way, man. When Aaron went down, everybody felt like a, a gasp of air, like almost, you know what I'm saying? But uh, when it comes down to, I'm going to only speak for the defense. When it comes down to defense, mm-hmm. man, your job is to keep the other team from scoring. Yeah. No matter who's the offensive quarterback, no matter who's the offense in general, uh, if you, they score zero points, they're 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 not winning. And um, when we came back into that after the Buffalo game, we came back to that meeting room. That was the that was the the standard. Nobody should score on us. Um, nobody should play against us. Nobody should score on us. We want to be the number one defense. This is our opportunity to show the world that we're the number one defense. If nobody scores, nobody wins. Mm-hmm. And that was our standard. That was our mindset. And still to this day, that's our standard and our mindset. So when it comes down to playing defense, um, we go out there full force expecting – each and every one of us, yeah, uh, to be on communication. Each and every one of us to be playing lights out. Each and every one of us to play in the same goal. On this team we playing against is not going to score on us. And uh, that was our that was our main standard, our main focus. And like like you said, like Aaron, there or not, man, like our still goal is to playoffs and Super Bowl. Like every single year, I lace my cleats up. I want to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's not no year I come in and say, oh, I just want to win five games this year. I just want to win this. Like, no, like, I want to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I want a national championship in college. I want a state championship in high school. I want a Pop a Pop Warner championship in Lily. Like, I I play this sport to be the ultimate champion of it. And um, that's how everybody's mindset is. And, and Aaron is not gone, man. I be telling people, like, Aaron is not dead, bro. Like, He's still around. He's still a leader. He's still giving advice. He's still doing him. Like, he still is a huge part of the reason why we're playing as well as we're playing right now. And he's still the reason why we're going to play even better um, for weeks to come and for years to come because his 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 infection is on winning. His infection on manifesting, being the best personally and being the best as a team has 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 basically changed the whole culture of the Jets. So um, having him in general there is is – keeping everybody in mind on the ultimate goal is to to make the playoffs and to eventually win the Super Bowl. So as a lifelong fan, I love hearing that. And I think one of the, you know, you guys had hard knocks there this year and yeah. you talk about Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, his leadership was such a big focus of hard knocks. But one of the things that I thought was my favorite scene from hard knocks was two things. And it, it kind of relates to everything you talk about in the, leadership role maybe you feel like you had to step up your leadership with Aaron Rodgers out of the building for some time and there was one scene where Robert Sala is giving this speech where he's talking about the four levels of competitors and the highest level is a commander and then later in practice I don't know if it was later that day but the way they set it up in the episode is later and have you watched it by the way I guess I should Uh, ask I think I think I watched the episode you talking about tomorrow I'm a commander 
Oh, yeah, so he, he says to you, he says, I love that you're a competitor. And he was complimenting you, but you quoted back his his speech that he gave to you. And you're like, no, I want to be a commander. To me, yeah. like, I was so happy when I saw that because I was like, not only is this guy's the message getting home that coach is sending, the message getting home, you're taking it out to the field and you're, you want to be that guy. Like, when you said that, did you know, like, this was something that, like, this is what I, I take that message that coach gives us in that room and I take it out here. Oh, for sure, man. Coach gave us an amazing message, the message you're saying, and uh, it hit me home because if you look at what he said, he said a competitor is a guy who does every single thing right to the highest his ability and to the best that he can do, but a commander sets him apart and a guy who does the same thing a competitor do, but brings people along with you, and this is the ultimate team sport. Like, you can't just be the best detail in the NFL without having – you know what I'm saying? Guys around you to help mm-hmm. you win this football game. And um, it stuck out to me strong because I'm a good football player, man. I work my tail off and I, I do every single thing right on the field and off the field. But you would never win if you don't have everybody around you doing the same thing. And he put a picture of these ultimate competitors like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and uh, Troy Palomalo and all these super, super ultimate competitors, I mean, commanders. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be that. Like, that's what my legacy want to be. Like, I want to be a commander. So it was funny because uh, after that after that meeting, every single day I was like, okay, bet. I got to make sure I'm on my game and I got to make sure somebody else right behind me or right in front of me or I'm pushing them to be the best. And um, I took I took a hold, like, a lot of guys, but this main guy who I made sure I was on was Jermaine Johnson. And he was a guy that had the ability, had the, all the strengths and different things like that. But he just needed that extra push. And it's so crazy because he had one of his best games. And we was laughing today uh, about Denver. He had his best game in Denver. And he was laughing. He was like, man, Q, you seen my PFL grade? And I was laughing. <laughs> like, man, I don't watch. I don't keep up with PFL, man. Like, after PFL lied on me last year, man. Like, I don't keep up with PFL no more. <laughs> and he was like, man, I had a 90 point. I had a grade out of 90.8. I'm like, man, I was just joking. I'm like, man, that's that's how you ever been in your college in NFL and college. He's my honestly, you you like that's for real. Like, <laughs> this is how I ever been graded. And I'm like, man, like to see him have a game like that and to have the confidence that he have now, I feel like all the all the accountability I held him to, all the pushing I held him to, all the being the ultimate commander, uh, this all season and during training camp. It's starting to pay off for for him, and it's starting to pay off for me and my confidence of being a leader. Because, but I know I'm a guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a funny guy, but I'm not really a big raw raw leader type guy. Like, and this year I've been that uh, voiceful leader. Uh, I've been that person to step up and uh, tell people accountable and hold people accountable and, and push people in a positive way. Because uh, I want to be great, and I want to see them be great also. So to see him have his best game of his career, college and high school, was amazing to me. And the confidence level that he have now to go out there and say, yo, I could be one of the best DNs, the best edge rushers in the league because I already put it on tape. So it was an amazing, um, I guess, example of uh, me being a, a commander. So, Man, Q, you said two things that stood out to me, man. You said I do the right thing on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And honestly, man, organizations are not investing in guys if you don't do both. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. And you talk about being a family guy. And mm-hmm. I remember the one year that I played with you, man, the first thing you say, hey, man, what are we going to eat? You know, and I, I and I showed you all these spots around the city and, and all these different things. And, and now and now now New York is your home base. Right. Mm-hmm. You're five. You know, you, you started your family. Congratulations, too, by the way. Uh, thank you so much. To you and Miranda. But mm-hmm. now. Now that now that Q's is has been around the stepping grounds in New York City, man, mm-hmm. what's some of your favorite spots that you like to go to, man? You know, when, when you do have a babysitter, what are some of the things that you and Miranda like to do around the city, man? Let the, let the fans know. Uh, man, I love uh, I know Miranda loves shopping, man. So she loves Chanel. So she always go to the Chanel store in the city, man. Uh, look at different stuff, buy different stuff out of there. My favorite spot, man, is probably be the shoe stores, man. Like, oh, my. It's got unbelievable shoe stores. You got Kilt, man. You got uh, Flight Club. You got different stuff like that, man. When it comes down to food, man, you can get everything you want, man. So I just Google some spot and look at the stars, Google it. And it's be like, I'll Google, like, okay, best pizza in New York City. And then go try it. Or best steak in New York City. Go try it and look at the different things like that. I've been on... uh. Food Network show. I go to Food Network and uh, look at different uh, reviews and stuff like that on, doc, on foodnetwork.com and look at different reviews and stuff like that. So 
I just be exploring, man. It, New York City is a jungle, bro. So um, in season, I stay out of the end season. But all season, I definitely explore, man. Just look at stuff new. I love going to the National Museum of History. Uh, I feel like I haven't, I've been there like four times in four years and I still haven't like walked the whole thing. So um, I love going there a lot. So yeah, it, I love New York City, man. It's cool. So I love it too, bro. I love it. Do you cook too, or you just look at the Food Network for uh, different inspiration? What, where to go oh, get food? I just, I can cook, but I can't cook like like real cook like type like that. It's this place called Sally G's in uh in New Jersey that I love, man. Like the guy who want, he want chop there, and he got this amazing uh chicken parm and uh, spicy rigatoni. So, um, I love going there a lot during the season. So. But nah, I can cook, man. But I can't cook like that. I cook like my favorite foods and my favorite uh, healthy meals, like salmon and rice. So just throw it in the oven. That's about it. When you get paid, do you take all the teammates out like that to one of those spots? No, I'm super cheap, man. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really spend money like that, man. But I will, I will take them to dinner and something like that. Like I will take them to uh, soon, like soon. We'll take them to dinner or something like that, man. But man, I got an amazing group, man. I've never been around a a crazy defensive line group, man. I got an amazing group this year uh, with great veterans like Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson's guys who I'm still learning from um, who 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 really build on fellowship and then build on uh, helping each other out. So when it comes down to dinners and stuff like that, man, we just have fun and whoever pick up the tab, pick up the tab. So I think the personality shown through uh, on Hard Knocks also. <laughs> One of the things though, you're a little bit quieter in the media, but then when you're on the field, when you get some of those mic'd up clips, you're a little bit yeah. louder. What's that like? Take us inside the personality of Quentin Williams on the field, maybe, or privately with the teammates. Uh, I, I call it like my little Iron Man, like Tony Stark. Like, you watch Iron Man, you're an Iron Man fan. Like, I'm like Iron Man. Like, on the field, when I put my suit on, it's like Iron Man putting his suit on, man. He's going to battle. Like, he's just, he's just super, you know what I'm saying? Like, cocky, arrogant. Not really cocky, arrogant, but super confident, like, killing machine. But when he take his suit off, it's like, okay, but he's a normal person. Like, he's just chill, quiet, likes his cars and different stuff like that. So um, I feel like that's me. Like, I'm like a like like a, like a a hook. Like, when I'm regular Bruce Banner, I'm just chill. But, like, when I turn to hook and on the field, it's like go mode. So... Well, I'm looking at the... I'm looking at the backdrop right now, and I see a <laughs> bunch of slime. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I know, I know you said that Miranda is is the shopper, and mm. I, and now you have a chance to rep the big man swag on game day. Yeah, is there competition with the game day swag? Like, is it just something I'm gonna wake up? I'm gonna wear this. Is it is it planned out throughout the week, or is it just on the spur of the moment? How how take us through it, man? Because you be swagged out, bro. Ever since day one, yeah. since you walked in the door, dog. Yeah, I'm. Uh... It's it's not really thought out. It's one of those things like I'm not a big I'm not a big shopper, bro. So it's like it's one of those things like I love fashion over, man. I love like uh uh minimal it's a lot of different websites I go to, man. I just buy clothes from from time to time and then when it's game time, I see how I feel and just piece it together. Lately I've been in, like a lot of Jordan suits, man. Like I love Jordan, like Jordan, my favorite brand. So I've been in a lot of Jordan suits and Jordans, man. So I've just been ripping the Jordan brand. Uh, with George suits and Jordans lately. So they came out a lot of like different, different uh, windbreakers and wind suits and stuff that I like. So I've been rocking the Jordans last game. So I have to ask this because I'd get killed by everyone if I didn't. I started doing this, even if people don't know it, but I'll, I'll sneeze and I'll just bless myself and thank myself. <laughs> was that something that you do? Is that something that you get in the habit of doing? Or is that like a one-time thing? It was really a one-time thing. It's funny because, like, I was so nervous, like, during that moment because, like, I finally – I met Deion Sanders on the spare. Like, it was, like, a one-time meet, boom. Like, okay, I'm going to do an interview. I'm like, whoa, bro, you Deion Sanders. Like, like you told me I'm going to do an interview real quick before the draft, and then I'm getting drafted. So I'm at the draft. So I'm like – it was just so many emotions going through it. And uh, I ended up sneezing, and I'm so nervous that, like, I just hear a sneeze. And, you know, anytime you hear a sneeze, your first, like, instance is like, bless you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So um, I'm, I was kind of having an out-of-body experience, I'm going to say, like, in the moment because I'm so excited. Everything's going around. I'm just taking in all the all the celebrities around, all the great football players around. Like, so I'm just like, I kind of had an out-of-body experience. When I, say, when I sneeze, I just heard a sneeze, and I was like, bless you. Like, 
And then somebody in the background said, bless you also. And I said, thank you to them. So that's why it sounded like I said, bless you, thank you to myself. So <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing. I, it's so funny because I'd be everywhere and people be like, bless you, thank you. Like I was in a, I was, I was in a state where I know ain't no football at. Like it was like Maine somewhere. Like, and somebody was like, roll tide, bless you, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> Like what? You should trademark that, man. I should, man. <laughs> yeah, it was going viral on TikTok like two years later. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Still, it's still everybody see me, man. Do do, do the sneeze, do the sneeze. No, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand. That was a mistake. So I seen the NBA player just did it, bro. So shout out to all the guys, that. man. If you would have trademarked it, man, you would have got paid right <laughs> there, dude. You some money. Yeah. Oh man! Oh no, man! Let's get into the 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 Eagles week, Rami. Um, yes, I, I, I know you were eager to ask, so mm-hmm. let's get yeah. to it. I think the Eagles, what their biggest strength is in the trenches, offensive, defensive line. You're going up against the big boys there, right? Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift's boyfriend's brother. A lot of people to 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 look at there. So, yeah. what's your mindset? What do you guys need to do to be successful on Sunday against one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the league? Uh, first of all, I man, I love playing against like the Eagles, Kansas City, these great playoff Super Bowl caliber teams, man. Yeah, but can we start winning a couple of them? <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Like that, they, that's the main goal, man. That's what I'm trying to get to, man. But me personally, like it, it's 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 it takes me to a whole other different ball game. It takes me to playing in the Super Bowl, playing in the playoffs. Um, if I want to be the player I want to be, and I want to go take this team to the team to to the destination that we want to go to, these are the games that. Um, we got to uh, execute the hardest, produce the fastest, uh, play the hardest, uh, even prep- prepare uh, the best you've ever been because these are Super Bowl caliber teams. And these are the teams that you're going to have to be in the Super Bowl or be in the playoffs to even make it there. So um, these games I love, man. And going against a great quarterback, a great offensive line um, like that they have, man, is amazing. Like it's not my first time playing against Kelsey or playing against the Eagles offensive line. So I definitely got great notes and different things like that on them. And um it's definitely gonna be a battle. And I feel like um one of the one of the biggest tests in, in this this year, because they do have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And they've been having one of the best offensive lines last four years, five years. So yeah, it, it carried them. So Bilal also talked about this a lot. Bilal, you talked about leadership. You talked about kind of resiliency. The way the season has gone, obviously Rodgers goes down and then there's the question surrounding Zach. It feels like he's turned the corner a little bit. How does this team fight? How does this team stay resilient to stay together and really rip off a run the rest of the season? Uh, just for falling back on the ultimate goal, man. Um, I feel like this year is one of the probably the main only year that I have been a jet where everybody is focused in and dialed in on the ultimate goal, and that's to make the playoffs and to win the Super Bowl. And um, you can see games, man, where we 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 fall short one touchdown, we fall short one field goal, we fall short just that one little instance where, man, we pull this thing around, we start firing on all cylinders, we start doing the necessary things, man, we can be a playoff team, maybe a Super Bowl team uh, in the future. So um, when it comes down to the the grit that we have, the fight that we have, it comes down to that ultimate goal. And everybody have that ultimate goal in their mind and the willingness to do every single thing we can do to get to the playoffs, to get to the Super Bowl. So I think that's the main thing that we got to just keep keeping our brains and keep fighting for and to make a run. So, Yeah, you've given us a ton of time already. Bilal, you have anything else for us? Man, uh, no, no, honestly, uh, one more thing, Q, and, and honestly, man, uh, the first day you stepped in the building, um, we, we understand the importance of having veterans around. Now, year five for you, there there are guys coming in the building now looking at Quentin Williams as that veteran. Um, mm-hmm. I always knew from day one, man, um, I had a respect for you by the way you respected the veterans because a lot of guys come in, they don't respect the veterans, and, yeah. and some of those guys don't last. You you got to give credit what credit is due and, and the guys mm-hmm. that have come before you. But I gained my respect on on Quentin when I saw how he treated my kids and my family. And that's when I knew this guy was a good guy for the organization, a guy that you can, uh, who was not only talented, but man, a great human being. So, you know, I take my hat off to you, Q, for that. Yeah. But and, and I'm excited to watch you guys go out on on, on Sunday, man, and, and beat the Eagles. Honestly, oh, yeah. I'm calling it right now, dog. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. And again, like as a fan, I just, we have to thank you because we appreciate it. Obviously Bilal in the building, it's not lost on him. It's not lost on us. Do you have time for one more? Cause I just thought of one more thing. Oh yeah. One more. Yep. Yeah. So just quickly, I think the team defense has been really good kind of inside the twenties on both sides of the mm-hmm. fields. You know, you got a couple safeties on one end, you hold team to field goals on the other. How do you stretch that to between the twenties? How do you expand that from, and Bilal and I talked about this a little bit on Monday. So how do you mm-hmm. stretch that from, okay, we're really good in, in tight space, rather it's the in, inside the, when you have the other team backed up, which yes, Thomas Morstead has been doing a great job of getting teams backed mm-hmm. up all the time this year, or whether you're, you're in tight space, and they're in the red zone. Mm-hmm. How do you stretch that to between the twenties? Uh, that's a big. That's a big question that we all, as a leadership, uh, especially on defense, um, been been asking each other. And it's all about communication, man. I feel like when we get down there, um, in the we call it the no score zone, uh, probably the forty and in the thirty and in. It's like we're firing all cylinders. We're communicating. We're all in the right place. We're doing the necessary things we need to do to stop this team from uh, scoring a touchdown to kick a field goal. And it's like everything is super intense and high level when it comes down to communication and firing all cylinders. And we all tell each other, like, yo, we got to do this from the get-go to mm-hmm. make them punt. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's our biggest thing. Like, even last week, we got into situations where, or the week before, or even every game this year, we get in situations where they drive the down, they drive the ball the whole length of the field, and we turn into the number one defense when the ball passed the 50. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we stretch this field from the 50 into the negative 30? You know what I'm saying? And that's a big emphasis um, that us as a defense talked about this week even, like having Denver. Like, Denver had a great quarterback run and this and that. And Kansas City, quarterback runs and screens and this and that. Then you come to the, I guess, the the, the after the logo, after the 50, and we become to the number one defense. Like, how can we be the number one defense from kickoff to down the kneel of the ball? And that's our biggest challenge, man. That's our biggest thing that we want to put together um, right now um, so we can make a run and so we can become the number one defense because that's our ultimate goal. So that question is, what you just asked is our number one thing. So, Yeah, well, you're going to need to figure it out this week because Jalen Hurts is going to want to run. Is there any way to defend the tush push? I can't wait to see the coaches. Uh, <laughs> Coach Sal is an amazing defensive coordinator of mine, so I can't wait to see uh, how because I haven't seen nobody stop it. So I, I hope Coach Sal got uh, uh, ideal or us as a defensive uh, front or defensive team got ideal on how to stop it. So That's awesome. Yeah, well, I hope you guys do stop it. I'm rooting for you on Sunday. I do think you guys are going to upset the Eagles, and I don't, say, I don't predict wins every week. Bilal can attest to that. Listen, man, we really appreciate it. You gave us a ton of time. Look, Aaron Rodgers goes on with Pat every week. So if you're looking for a weekly spot, just hit us up. We'd love to have you. Um, uh, so we appreciate your time. Thank you, Quinnen. All right. Thank you so appreciate much. It, Bo. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Quinnen, for joining us. That was an awesome conversation. I had a ton of fun. And again, shout out Bilal. We, I mean, just, you know, getting him to come on the show and then the way he obviously respects you. It was a fun conversation, so I hope you guys all enjoyed that. But to the game on Sunday, we talked about it with him. We can preview the game now. All time, the Eagles are 12-0 and against the Jets. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles. Philly is 5-0 and so far on the season, off to a great start, obviously coming off the Super Bowl run. I will say they haven't looked as crisp, as sharp so far this year, and yet still they're 5-0, and so that's pretty impressive. They're probably one of the, if you look at the NFC, there's pretty much two teams that you could look at that are like, hey, one of these teams is going to come out of the NFC barring a major injury. And that's San Francisco who's probably been the best team in the league. And Philadelphia, who's been incredible in the second year after a Super Bowl, sometimes the Super Bowl losing team, you talk about the Super Bowl hangover, uh-uh, not with them. 5-0 and after losing the Super Bowl last year. They're favored by seven in this game. A lot of people thought it would be more, but 425 on Sunday. What are you looking to see in this game? Honestly, this game right here is going to definitely have to be a perfect game by the defense. I mean, this team has way more weapons than the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we have to say it. I think I think in the run game, Jalen Hurst can kill you. You talk about two receivers that can, you know, catch, make you miss and go the distance that could take you deep. And DeAndre Swift, a running back that has been efficient in this offense. I mean, there's so many different ways. And let's not talk about the offensive line. I mean, this team right here to me is a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think that the defense, especially the deep, the the, the back end, the, those defensive backs, are going to have to have a good game this week. 
Yeah, I agree, especially Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. You're going to be relying. looks like D.J. Reed will be back this week for the Jets, so that's good news for them on the back end. And by the way, the, the other corners, Michael Carter and all those guys, Bryce Hall, they did really well for the Jets. So, like, I again, hat off, hats off to them, and I'm sure if they need to run a bunch of corners out there, they will, but it's going to be tough. We talked to Quinnen about stopping the touch push, stopping the quarterback run. That's obviously an emphasis that this defense has. Uh, and you heard him. He said that we want to hold our job is to hold them to zero points. Here's what I'm thinking, though. I feel like it might be a little bit of a track trap game for Philly because they're five and oh, it's easy to overlook the Jets. They're the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. It's a 425 game on Sunday. Next week, they're playing Sunday night football against Miami and the high powered offense. Maybe, maybe, maybe they feel like eh, they're kind of overlooking this one a little bit and the Jets can find a way to take advantage. No, listen. That's why they always say this game is any given Sunday. You can't overlook anyone in this league. You know, it's not like college or uh, any other level of football. Like it's any given Sunday. If they're overlooking this game, it's shame on them as professionals. Uh, I think they're focused on this team. I think they're watching the same thing we're watching. They're saying that the New York Jets are getting better. They're a better football team despite the injury that we just you know experienced as a, uh, from Elijah. I think they're focused on the Jets. I think the Jets are now making noise, especially that I know they watched the Kansas City game. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. And I think for the New York Jets to really go in and win this game, they have to they have to definitely go in and win the turnover margin. You can't you have to win the turnover margin. Uh, I'm not sure how our how our team will hold up against this team in the red zone. So I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are overlooking the New York Jets right now. And and I know they just watched Brees Hall. I know I know. We, we talked about the Denver Broncos and them not being a good football team, but rushing for that how many yards at, at any level is a lot. So I think the I think the the, the Philadelphia Eagles um, definitely have their attention on the New York Jets and their focus this week. Yeah, and the Eagles, something they do is they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They don't take penalties. That's that's what they do. They're going to try and control the game in the trenches with the offensive and defensive line. That's what they're so good at, and that's what they're going to continue to try to do in this game. What I will say, though, is where the Jets can beat them is actually kind of interesting. It's on the back end. The Philly corners are not great. You talked about the Jet corners. The Philly corners are not great. And I think if the Jets wide receivers can be good in this game, get separation, get one-on-one space, or just find soft spots in the zone, I think this game, we said this every week since Rodgers went down, but it's going to come a lot down to Zach Wilson. And so for me... That's a big part of this game. That's part of this game that I think the Jets actually can win this game. And that's my prediction. My prediction for this game is I'm taking the Jets. I don't do this every week, but I take, I'm take i finally taking the Jets. I think this is the second time all year that I've taken the Jets in a game. I think they're going to win 26-20. And I think part of that is going to be getting the ball to the receivers in space, getting the ball to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson hasn't scored since week two. He scored the first two weeks of the season. I think he'll score another touchdown in this game. He's my touchdown scorer for the Jets in this game. I think the Jets find a way to pull this out. I, I don't know how, but I feel, I don't know why. I feel like they'll find a way to pull this out. I'm getting less confident as the week goes on, but hopefully I feel like they can find a way against this Eagles team. What do you have happening and who do you have scoring for the Jets? Uh, so right now, I, I like us in this game. Um, I'm not I'm not looking at this game as a as a bait game, but I, I think the I think the New York Jets come out and they play they play the the Philadelphia Eagles tough. I'm gonna go a little lower. Then your score, I'm going to go 23-20, New York. And the first touchdown, I think, will be Garrett Wilson. Like you said, I think we take advantage of that, that, uh, the weak link of the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, I think they have a a good front seven, so we just have to take advantage of their secondary. So I see Garrett Wilson being my first score of the game. This is what I have as my X factor because obviously the quarterback and the wide receivers and all that stuff is going to be huge and Nate Hackett becoming being creative to offset some of the pressure. But on the other side, they have the best offensive line in the league, the Eagles do. My X factor is Quinton Williams because he was on the pod today. No, I mean, yeah, it's fun because he was on the pod today, but also because uh, when you're trying to get pressure against the other team, especially such a good offensive lineman, if you... Quinnen can take up one, two, three guys and let everyone else get pressure. Quinnen talked about that. He doesn't care about the stats. He cares about winning. He wants everyone else to do well. He loves that when he can go up and take up two to three guys, his brother Quincy or CJ or whoever it is can come on the blitz and get a free lane at the quarterback. If Quinnen Williams is in the middle stopping the run and defending the run and making sure that 
they can't get to what they want to do on offense, which is run the ball. And that offensive line isn't going downhill all day. The Jets are going to have a really good chance in this game because, look, Philly's going to want to take control. They're going to want to keep the clock on their side all game. If Quinn doesn't let them do that, it's going to be a good day for the Jets. Yeah, I'm going to go in a different angle this game. We talk about the offense. We talk about the defense. I think the big, big X factor this game will be the special teams. New York Jets special teams. You know, the punter has been doing a good job. Thomas uh, has been doing a good job all year. I think we win if we win the turnover battle. If we we force Philly to go long field and we create an opportunity for Zach to go short field, I think we give ourselves a chance. So my X factor for this game is going to have to be the special teams. We've seen a ton of Greg Zerline. He won the special teams player of the week in the AFC last week. And like you said, Thomas Morrison has been probably the best punter I remember the Jets having in a while. He's been so good. He's been that good. It feels like he's pinning teams deep every single time this year. I don't want to see so much of Thomas Morrison and, and, and the kicker, Greg Zerline, in this game, though. I want to see more touchdowns, and I want to see less punts and less settling for field goals in the red zone. So if the Jets can also improve on that, that would be incredible. That'll do it for the episode. Again, thank you to Bilal. Thank you to Quinnen. I appreciate you guys doing this. We'll talk on Monday, hopefully recapping a Jets win. We have a lot of stuff coming up because after that's the bye week. So a whole bunch of great guests coming up next week. Until then, I'll see you, buddy. All right? All right, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.